Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is Football Social Daily, Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily. This is the award-winning Premier League podcast. Hit subscribe now and that way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be notified as soon as a new FSD drops. On today's show, we'll reflect on last night's Champions League action. After 20 years away, maybe a bit of an underwhelming return to Champions League football for Newcastle United. But with the group of death upon them, will they take a draw away in the San Siro? As for holders, Manchester City, a bit of a scare by Red Star, but they managed to get the job done. And tonight, it's the red half of Manchester's turn to take on one of Europe's heavyweights, Bayern Munich. Two clubs with such history, but how will that one unfold this evening? My name's Niall, and alongside me on today's episode of FSD, as always, Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Morning, boys. Good morning. Yes, uh, waiting for, uh, for Man United to... Well, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do tonight, but it's not going to be pretty. Well, we've had one team win, Manchester City. We've had one team draw, Newcastle United. So, Joel, complete the pattern. Bayern Munich, Man United tonight. He says it's not going to be pretty. I don't know what was pretty about last night's game. I nearly <laughs> dragged off to sleep watching them thump Newcastle's goal all game. That was a good game, that. That was a good game. Good game to watch. Well, are you hungover this morning, Marley? Did you have a few beers or was 5.45 a bit early for you? No, no, I, I was still working at five forty-five, and then I had to quickly pull up, uh, pull up the match, and uh, then I was football training last night, so uh, it all worked out nicely. Just a, a full night of football, basically. Well, let's get your thoughts then. You are the Newcastle fan amongst us. I listened to the first half on the radio and thought that Newcastle actually started pretty well, but after the match, Eddie Howe said credit to the Milan fans who made the atmosphere pretty hostile inside the San Siro, made it difficult for Newcastle. 
How do you see the game as a whole? And more importantly, are you happy with a point in your first game back in the Champions League? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the point. Um, I thought, you know, we, we started all right first 10 minutes. I thought we, we got into the game quite well. Um, and then the then I think Milan settled settled quicker. I think, thinking back to it, I think the worst thing that could have happened was Milan getting hammered at the weekend. If they if it if they'd have drawn at the weekend or even if they'd beat into I think it would have been a, a bit of an easier game, but because they got absolutely demolished, um the crowd were demanding, you know, that you can't go and lose your first Champions League game to to the team that uh you know is is a danger to you sort of thing and every every game is is important in this group because it's it's wide open really. Um so they settled quite well. The atmosphere was was amazing. Um, sounded really good, even though I only watched it on TV. Um, the atmosphere was was magnificent, and you know they they got into the stride well. And and we, you know, people say, oh, you know, you you got battered and stuff, but I, I thought we defended pretty well. Uh, I don't think they had a couple of half chances, shots on the edge of the box, things like that. The Closest they came to scoring was was twice through Rafael Leao once where he he, he tiptoed through the whole defence and tried a back heel where he kicked the floor instead, um, and it led to a shot which I think Trippier got off the line, um, and then later in the second half when he flashed a header over from um, from about ten fifteen yards out where it was very very close. But other than that, there was a couple of you know very very good blocks like defending sort of committed defending and and stuff like that and I think if you can't be good in you know with the ball you've got to be good without the ball and I think we were organized and and ground it out and I think if you offered anyone a point in in the San Siro against Milan who are resurgent and trying to get uh, sort of win the fans back a little bit I think um, I think everyone would have took that so I'll take a nil-nil draw in Milan any day of the week really. I think that's fair enough Joel you kind of joked that it was a bit boring but Newcastle aren't going to be worried about being boring they just want to make sure they get through the group and that's when the exciting stuff comes because with PSG and Dortmund also in the group if you can bore your way through those teams then you would take it as Marley says. Yeah it's a good point with all in all seriousness I think the only worrying thing for Newcastle is that if this Milan side had more quality other than Rafael Leao up front, I think it would have been a different story, to be honest, because they had a good number of chances. They did defend well, but just in the moments where they needed a little bit of clinicalness, they just didn't have it. And when you're playing the likes of Paris Saint-Germain, who've got threats all throughout their squad, whether it's up front, midfield, or even in defence with Hakimi, then there's a lot of danger. But I think for Newcastle, the biggest part for this campaign will be St. James's Park in itself. Then that's the main way. The, if they are to get out of this group, the home form's got to be absolutely immaculate because I think these away games are going to be really, really tough on them, especially as the Premier League starts ticking away and the squad depth starts to get quite strained. But AC Milan, we spoke about yesterday, they're not at their absolute peak as we've known them once before. It's a squad that's got that one player who's got the star quality and then everyone else kind of just fills in as a collective but I feel like for example PSG and Dortmund they've got a little bit more to their squads so I do think Newcastle have every chance to get out of it but again that home form is going to be so so vital. In terms of what there is to work on though Marley, Eddie Howe set up his team quite clearly to press Milan from the very start and they got close to winning the ball back on a couple of occasions but then maybe fell back into a slightly more comfortable position and then 
with the crowd and the fact that Milan were at home, maybe it became a little bit easier for the Italians to come on to Newcastle. So in terms of what you would like to see in the next Champions League game and tactically from Eddie Howe, do you think he rose to the occasion on his first game as a Champions League manager? Yeah, I, th- I think so because when when we did, you know, we we were defending pretty well and and stuff like that. I think you're in the match. You only you only need one moment then to go and win the match. If you if you try and press for ninety minutes and you you your press fails and they score two goals, you're out the game. You're never going to come back from from two 0 down type of thing. So you've got to stay in the game, give yourself a chance. And we nearly won it right at the end with Sean Longstaff's effort where. Um, the sub goalie got his his fingertips on it and, and tipped it over the bar, and it was, it would have been a smash and grab performance. But you've got to give yourself that chance with the with the defensive base. And I thought there was uh, some pretty good performances. I thought Giroud was was really quiet. Botman Botman handled him very very nicely. Um, Liao was the only problem, but he gives everyone problems in, you know, in in Italy and across Europe, and that's why he's valued at a hundred million plus. So. Um, I think it was a it was a decent start. Um, I'll take it, and we'll move on to PSG at home next with uh, with Dan Byrne against Mbappe, which we've all been looking forward to. That's the only reason anyone would ever watch that game. <laughs> Dan Byrne did really <laughs> well last night. You know, he did. Uh, he had Chukwueze on the on on mm. him at first, and then Pulisic, um, and it helped that Chukwueze was completely useless all night. But uh, but Pulisic was. You know, always a threat to him, but but Burn did really well, so I'm uh, happy days with that one. All right, well, Manchester City were in action last night as well. We'll talk about their game next on Football Social Daily. Stick around. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay. 
Welcome back. This is FSD. Newcastle United kicked off the Champions League group stages yesterday with a nil-nil draw away in the Stadio San Siro against AC Milan. It wasn't quite as tough a test for Manchester City as they hosted Red Star Belgrade at the Etihad, but it was tough. Even though it didn't look it on paper, Joel, the Serbian side gave Manchester City a bit of a scare at times and Pep Guardiola maybe would have been breathing a sigh of relief but they showed their quality a top goal from Rodri as well in and amongst all of that in the 3-1 victory but it just goes to show that even though you're the defending champions you're not invincible I don't know I think a scare is a bit of a reach to be honest if you asked anyone when they went 1-0 down do you expect this score to remain within two minutes 100% not I think they equalized just after half time Bakari scored at 45 minutes and then uh, Julian Alvarez scored on 47 minutes. They didn't even give him a chance just to enjoy that lead that they actually built up. But even when you look at the statistics, it's just 37 shots, 16 on target to Red Stars, mm. three shots and two on target. Kind it's of a just, lot of shots. <laughs> the, keeper got, the keeper really got worked last night. But this yeah. is what this City side are. I think any time they go down, whether it's one, two or three goals, you sometimes just expect them to at least pull themselves back into the game. It's happened countless times now. Even on the last day of the season, not the one just gone, but the previous one where they went 2-1 down to Aston Villa and they needed the two goals to win the league and they somehow pull it out of the bag. They're just the team that seems very, very unfazed regardless of what happens to the scoreline. They still play the way that they want to play, which, I mean, is great news for Guardiola because they just seem so unfazed. I feel like City in the Champions League group stages these days is just such a formality in terms of getting out of them. And I mean, Julian Alvarez is crazy because I think last season he was more of a bit part player and Guardiola recently described him as a player who's almost undroppable now. He's becoming such a vital part of that side and him and Haaland are forming such a really good strike partnership at the moment. It's looking really well. And it's actually nice to see a striking partnership. I mean, we don't really see those anymore. It's very, very rare, isn't it? But he looks good. Well, do you think that's what it is? Because Julian Alvarez has been dropping into a 10 position and actually when he came into the club, it was uncertain whether he'd be playing second fiddle to Haaland because Manchester City for a long time played a false nine or a one up front. But the fact he's been able to find that pocket, that number 10 area, which although he is a centre forward by trade and can score goals and he does score goals and probably could play there if Haaland got injured, that would be the option that Pep takes. But last night he was playing as more of a 10, which again shows what Pep Guardiola is able to do as a coach in terms of bringing the versatility yeah, out of Yeah, and he did the very similar role in the World Cup for Argentina where you always had, for example, Latoro Martinez just ahead of him, uh, or you'd have Messi kind of hovering around that area. He's just very, very versatile. I think the main point with Guardiola's sides is no one's very much in a fixed position when you get past the midfield. Everyone's kind of just dynamic and all over the place. I always remember when he used to feel his Barcelona side, and he'd have Xavi at right back, and he'd have messy in some weird position on the team sheet but you knew that that wasn't going to be the case on the pitch because they were just moving like just seamlessly it's just a very well regimented system but very fluid as well but again when you see the players that are on the bench or have been injured for example Jack Grealish he's going to have real difficulty getting back into this side now because Jeremy Doku he came on for Bernardo Silva at half just before half time and he was outstanding but on both wings especially so now there's so much competition for places in that attacking forward line for City um, that it's going to be really difficult for these players to get back in. Well, we can talk about Alvarez, but what about Rodri, who scored one of the City goals? 
And according to all of his teammates, he is just a beast in training, in matches. Now he's adding goals to his game, Marley, which he's clearly technically able to add. He's not just this deep-lying midfield player who breaks up attacks and starts attacks at the other end for Man City. He clearly does have an eye for goal as well. And I know it was only Red Star Belgrade, but it was still a goal of quality. In terms of the players that Man City have got and the class they've got in their team, he's obviously been essential to their success, particularly last year when they won the treble. Do you think he's a bit underrated and maybe not undervalued by City fans, but general Premier League fans don't realise how good Rodri actually is? I think so. I think because we've got a few standout defensive midfielders in in the Premier League, um, people will sort of not downplay how good Rodri is, but say, oh, well, is is he as good as this guy or this guy's close to him? Casemiro, for example, Declan Rice as well. Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez have just moved for 100 million plus each. So fans of them teams will will say, well, you know, is he is he as good as this guy or you know, he's not much better than Enzo Fernandez, for example, but in in truth he is. He's he's clearly for me the best DM in the world. Um the way like he's just completely press resistant is the closest thing to Busquets we'll we'll ever see. Um and it's bizarre that it's quite scary, actually. Like the goal last night, how similar it was to Busquets. And I know they're both Spanish. Six and, foot three, same. You, know, you can draw comparisons the there. Yeah. Both the same size. Yeah, it's quite creepy, actually, how similar they are, particularly off last yeah, night's display. He's, he's unbelievable. Um, and, you know, he's, he's adding goals, he's adding key goals. And, and you can do that with it when you're a defensive midfielder, when, you know, your team has 70% possession of the ball. Uh, your deepest players are your centre backs defending. Not just on halfway, but probably you know the the edge of the um, the centre circle in the opposition's half. That's the furthest back anyone is really at times. So by rights, your defensive midfielder is ten yards ahead of them, and all of a sudden, you know your defensive midfielder's roughly rough position is twenty five yards from goal. So you, he's got to be able to take a pop and see see gaps in the defence because they're not they haven't got a the opposition have never got a um, a marking. Uh, system for the defensive midfield. They're worried about Haaland, Alvarez, Doku, Bernardo Silva. Uh, you know the midfielders, <laughs> and they're probably not thinking about Rodri. So it leaves him space. And you know Rodri's his finish last night was superb. I mean, for a defensive midfielder to just look up, see a gap, and say, "Yeah," it was like it reminded me of Thierry Henry's finishes. You know, where he just passes it in at the far corner, and the goalie goes full stretch, and he still can't reach yeah. it. And and this is a goalie that's just made 13 saves in the game. Like, he's having a stormer (laughs) of a game. Fair enough, he punched one into his own net from Alvarez's uh, uh, free Mm. kick. But we'll we'll ignore that for a minute because he had an absolute worldie of a game. Uh, Yeah, Henri was a wizard at that, wasn't he? And I know it was getting on for 20 years now since he was at his peak in the Premier League. But the way he would just open his body up and curl the ball into the far corner and everybody knew yeah. what he was going to do. Every single goalkeeper, every single defender knew that Thierry Henry likes to get it on the left edge of the box, drive into the area, find the angle, open his body up, right foot and curl it past the keeper at the far post. Everybody knew that, but yet nobody could stop him from doing it. It's one of those finishes that if you start it outside the keeper far enough, there's just no yeah, chance he's... of saving it. It's just uh, it's it's pure accuracy. You'll you'll not beat him. You'll not beat a goalie with power from from that side. It's just it's the bend and the arc on the ball. You've got to get it right. And you know he did that last night. I think with with City having so many players in the box, I think it made the goalie start 
sort of almost on his goal line. So you've got that angle, but he he, he looked up, he's seen it, seen the gap, and he had the quality to pick it out. He's seen it in the Champions League final as well when he curled, he curled it round the defenders because uh, Andre Anana was was unsighted, um, and you know he's he's added everything to his game now. He's if if he moved in this moment for you know for a transfer fee, you'd be talking, you know. With Rice going for 105, you, you're talking 140 minimum. Yeah, that wouldn't shock me. Would not shock me at but all. But no one's going to um, buy him because no one, no one can afford him. No, he's one of those where I think Manchester City are quite happy for him to go under the radar and be quite unfashionable because he does a hell of a job. Fernandinho did the same thing so many years for Manchester City. But why would you leave? Even if you were Rodri, why would you leave? I mean, look at the, the success that they've had. And he's had at Manchester City in the last 12 months alone... Just talking about that type of finish, it's like FIFA 12 with the finesse button when they first brought that into FIFA. R2 in triangle, R2 yeah, in circle. Just, you could just finesse from anywhere and it would go in. <laughs> the most OP type of finish. Right, Manchester United are in action tonight. Manchester City defending Champions League winners, but it's been a long time since United were up there in terms of being the best club in Europe, let alone the best club in England. There's some problems at Old Trafford right now. But the problem they've got on their hands imminently is a trip to Munich to take on Bayern. We'll discuss it next on FSD. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. The Champions League is back last night. Newcastle and Manchester City were in action tonight. It's the turn of Arsenal. But first, we're going to talk about Manchester United who take on Bayern Munich. What's it? 25 years, Joel, since Solskjaer won it? 
in the new Camp in 1999 against Bayern. One of the most iconic European football matches that has ever been. And of course, iconic for you as a Manchester United fan because it secured the Champions League and a treble. But times have changed a lot since then. And Manchester United at the moment are in a difficult position on the pitch, off the pitch. It couldn't really have gone much worse. It's been turbulent since the start of the season. Is this a chance against Bayern Munich, albeit with a depleted, weakened squad, to really make a statement and set yourself back on the straight and narrow? Call me crazy, but I've got a little bit of a good feeling about tonight. But then when I was just saying that, I was just briefly looking online and I just... Call him crazy, Marley. He's asked you to, so you may Call me crazy. (laughs) Crazy is not the word. Deluded is the word, mate. I just want to draw your attention to Bayern's record in the Champions League group stages since 2017 which is 36 games, 32 wins, one loss. I'm not even sure who that was to. 110 goals scored and 26 conceded. But you've got a feeling. But Joel's got a feeling, guys. (laughs) Listen, if one team can do it. Well, if you want a little bit of hope, maybe, one of the only managers to go to the Allianz and get a point from the group stages of a Champions League game was Eric Ten Hag when he was manager of Ajax. Do you see what I mean? Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I thought I thought you were going to say someone like Avram Grant or something like that. Avram Grant got to a Champions League final, leave his name out of it. And an FA Cup final. Yeah, 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 he's underrated. Um, um, this couldn't be the worst moment that we could play them, but it could also be the best moment. And I mean, in terms of the squad that we have right now, Mason Mount and Varane aren't ready to play. We've got four goalkeepers travelling and six defenders travelling. I've never heard of four goalkeepers travelling in my entire life. And then you've got the forward line, which just is totally misfiring. The midfield looks really paper thin. And then when you look at Bayern Munich's side, it's just absolutely stacked. Although they have a few injury concerns of their own. Obviously, Manuel Neuer's out for a while. Kingsley Coman's not going to be playing. I think Joshua Kimmich might have, might be a doubt for the game, which would be massive for us. Um, but when I actually watched Bayern's game against Leverkusen just the one prior to this game and they did look very very gettable in terms of the transition where Leverkusen who have uh, Florian Verst he was just completely gliding through their midfield like butter but again it's a different kind of proposition when it's the Champions League I feel like it just adds a different kind of dimension to the game Um, of course when anyone plays Manchester United it's the cup final as it is with every single club so they're going to be 110 miles an hour anyway but it's going to be here he is Hiru Onodar (laughs) it's true though it's true Burnley have started so poorly but I can guarantee you Turf Moor on Saturday they'll be playing like Vincent Company's season in the in the uh, Manchester City what what do you want though do you want teams to just lie down for you how are you describing Bayern how are you describing Bayern as... It's, uh, a ma- it's one of their massive their games for them. Final. Their support... It's Bayern. It's Burnley's Cup final. Yeah, it's not Bayern's. We've got a huge history of Bayern. Like, I know you just played at the San Siro, Marley, <laughs> but leave this to the big boys. <laughs> oh, God. But it's going to be Bayern's it's gonna be Cup testing. final. That's crazy. I don't... I don't I don't think this game matters as much as, for example, the Copenhagen and the Galatasaray ones. They're the ones which are the vital ones. If we can get a point out of this... I'd be I'd be happy, but um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot at stake. Yeah, you you have to be happy. You just reeled off their record in the Allianz. They do not lose in the Champions League group stages. Last year, I think they won six out of six group games. They it, just it's dominate. A, it's a, it's a difficult Champions one to go to. The last time we went to it was in 2013 under Moyes, 
2014 even and it was the one where Patrice Evra scored that absolute thunderbolt of a goal and then within about 30 I, I remember I was still celebrating in Victoria Warehouse in Manchester and I was absolutely covered in beer <laughs> and bodies and limbs everywhere and then by the time I could look up to the, the to the big screen you just saw Thomas Muller was just celebrating in the middle of the pitch and I was thinking what on earth is just happening here? and then it just collapsed after that but yeah it's, it's a difficult difficult ground to go to they are I would say along with, for example, going to the Bernabeu and even Stamford Bridge during that period where they were just unbeatable there. It's just one of the worst stadiums to go to when their team is on top. So again, I would take a draw today and then just put full focus onto those Galatasaray and Copenhagen games. Let me just read some of the stats just to round off what Joel's saying there. Bayern haven't lost a Champions League group stage game since September 2017. That's six years a run of 34 games with 31 of those wins. They're even stronger at the Allianz. As I mentioned, Eric Ten Hag, one of the only managers to pick up a point there, that was with Ajax in 2018. From a Harry Kane perspective, obviously going to be a big talking point, Marley. He hasn't been on the winning side in his last five games against Man United. He scored one goal. That was a penalty for Spurs at Old Trafford. In fact, I think that was the same game Cristiano Ronaldo scored a hat-trick. But his Champions League record, Harry Kane, is good. 21 goals in 32 games in the competition. So there's a bit of a stat attack for you. Let's focus on Kane because we've spoken enough about Bayern and how good they are at home in particular. Do you think this is Harry Kane's opportunity to really, you know stick the knife in I guess to Manchester United who are suffering at the moment both on and off the pitch yeah I do yeah I think as he started he's got four goals already for for Bayern um, he's got a reputation of not quite starting the season too sharply uh, sometimes Harry Kane but you know he's he's settled straight into um, to life at Bayern must be them new sketches boots doing him uh, Doing him, uh, doing him quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, but how can you be sponsored by Skeptics? I don't know, but just... they're quite nice boots. He's designed them himself, quite nice didn't boots, he? Boots, to be fair. They're, I'm sure they're based. I'm sure they're Nike Mercurial Vapors, just in a in a blue coat with a Skechers badge on it. But still, allow it. It's fine. Well, they do it in cricket all the time, where a cricket bat manufacturer will sponsor a player, but the bat they're actually using is a different brand, just with the sponsors' yeah. stickers on. It just it must happen Pro- in football. Probably does, sure. yeah. Uh, anyway, he's got a great uh, arch support on his feet when he's banging in goals uh, left, right, and centre in Germany. But Jamie Redknapp's wondering why he was playing twenty <laughs> years ago and not now. He could have had Skechers boots as part of his deal. He could, yeah. <laughs> he played like he was. Uh, he had foam in his boots half the time. Useless kit. <laughs> Timberlands yeah, on and jeans. <laughs> um, but, no, um, I've always thought Bayern. Bayern in the last few years, they're always there or thereabouts. Uh, and you look at what mm. they've what they've been missing in the last few years. And I just think it's been a striker. Obviously, since Lewandowski left, um, you know, you're not going to win a Champions League as good as you are. You're not going to win a Champions League with Eric Maxim Chupo moting up front. It's just not going to work. Um, so now they've got a striker of the ilk of Lewandowski up front um, in the in the shape of Harry Kane. I think, you know, if they can get it right, they're, they're going to be hard to beat because you look at the centre-backs and they've just signed Kim... Kim Min Jae from from Napoli, who's like the the latest hot thing on the press. Upper Meccano, Delict sitting on the bench. Um, you know they they've got genuine quality all over the pitch. Um, so they're gonna be they're gonna be a, a real force, I think, if if Kane can can stay fit and uh, to, can keep um, keep scoring goals like he has been. You know Muller, Musiala, 
Nabri, Coleman, Sane. You know, All right, Marley, stop now. Options. You can stop. I <laughs> know, against Wan-Bissaka, Dallo. No, not even uh, Wan-Bissaka. And... He's out for two months. <laughs> I don't even know oh. who's going to play. <laughs> and Tom Heaton in goal, if, uh, if you try the thing put of, Onana uh, in midfield naming this game. two goalkeepers. You could do. Well, obviously, that is a huge thing. You joke about Wan-Bissaka being out, but defensively, Maguire's not available either, which some people might say isn't a bad thing. I think it is a bad thing. I think that they could do with someone with experience like Harry Maguire in and amongst their ranks. But Joel's already said, you know, four goalkeepers they're taking, probably a few youth players as well that would be involved because of the depletion of the numbers. But no Shaw, no Varane, no Maguire, no Wan-Bissaka. That's easily a first choice back four at times during the season. If you look at the injury list that we've got, we could literally feel the full 11 and the 11 is pretty good quality when you look at the amount of injuries and absentees and whatnot it's difficult especially when you're coming up against a team like Bayern where they've got quality throughout the forward line I've even been watching uh, Leroy Sane a lot more lately and ever since his ACL injury he had difficulty coming back to that that sharp kind of profile that we saw at City but now he's taken onto the right wing he looks electric and I think he's going to be one especially if it's Sergio Reguillon who's going to be marking him it's going to be a really difficult night for him but going up against how are we saying his name I mean, this is one of those players where, is it Regilon, Regillon, Regilon? What are we going with? Because I've heard about 7,000 different pronunciations of this guy's name, and I still don't know if I'm getting it right. I don't know. I feel, I feel, I feel like we're all Paul Merson on this one at the moment, <laughs> just a new pronunciation every other week. <laughs> but either way, I think it's going to be a pretty torrid night for him because defensively he's not the best. Going forward, offensively, he's perfect. So if we can just tame Kane feel like Kane's just nailed on to score tonight, honestly. Mm. But his record against Man United recently, he scored one goal in five games and that was a pen. Well, the thing is, I've been. if anyone saw his press conference prior to the actual game itself, he pretty much confirmed, if you want to read between the lines, that he was very open to coming, but United just were not prepared to go all the way for him. And it, it's showing from what uh, Richard Arnold's quotes have been in leaks in the press today about not wanting to go all out. But he also just said, Harry Kane, in his pre-match press conference, that once Bayern came in, he wasn't interested in anything else, which obviously is what he is going to say. We don't know actually what he thinks. It's probably what he does say. I mean, one benefit for United is that Thomas Tuchel is banned from the touchline tonight. Does that make a difference or not? <sighs> Potentially. Potentially, I mean, you look at Guardiola, he wasn't on the bench, uh, sorry, he wasn't on the touchline for the City games in the last two weeks for his back surgery. If the team knows what he needs to do and they respect the assistant manager to just relay the information, I don't really see it being a problem. I think it's a problem for managers like, for example, Antonio Conte or Mourinho, who are really vocal on the touchline and they almost get an extra percent out of their teams purely through the presence of them being on the touchline. Maybe like Mikel Arteta, who's basically on the pitch half of the game when he's when he's there. Uh, whereas I feel like for Thomas <laughs> Tuchel, I don't see him as that kind of animated touchline manager. I feel like they will still know exactly what they need to do. I mean, I just view Bayern are just a machine, aren't they, in the way they operate. But in comparison to, for example, that team two years ago that won the Champions League, I still don't think that at that, that level just yet, so let's see. I'm guessing they're going to come into their own tonight. <laughs> Score, Marley. Bayern win. Home win. Makes sense. 3-0. Wow, you think it'd be that comprehensive. I sense that you don't feel the same, Joel. Uh, <laughs> my heart tells me one thing. If you see you've got a feeling and then say 4-1 defeat. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go for a... 
He's got a feeling they'll score. Let's go for a one nil victory. A la Rashford <laughs> against PSG. No, we'll we'll have we'll have Johnny Evans bullet at the last minute. <laughs> oh, Johnny Evans, I forgot. I forgot he was back at Manchester United for a brief period there. Yeah, I wish I forgot as well. It's been a while since he's played Champions League football, though, of course. Manchester United away at the Allianz Arena to take on Bayern Munich. That'll be well worth a watch tonight at 8 o'clock. At the same time, at the Emirates Stadium, though, Arsenal take on PSV Eindhoven. Nowhere near as exciting a game as Manchester United versus Bayern, Marley, but interesting for different reasons because... Earlier on this week on Football Social Daily, we discussed Mikel Arteta's decision to take off Aaron Ramsdale in their victory over Everton in the Premier League at the weekend to replace him with Brentford Loney, David Raya. And his argument for that was, if you've got two good goalkeepers, why not use them in no uncertain terms? He said that he will choose whichever goalkeeper is right for whichever situation. However... That must have been a bit of a dent of confidence for Ramsdale heading into the first group game of the Champions League and the North London derby, which takes place this weekend. So who's Mikel Arteta going to pick in goal? Raya or Ramsdale? What do you think? I think he's going to play Ramsdale. Um, I don't... Look, I, I get his point of if you've got two goalies, two good goalies, use them. Um, I think if everyone's on board with that, then then fine. Um you often see players, uh, sorry, coaches um, choosing one goalkeeper for cup competitions and one for league competitions. I've never really understood that because I always think if you're if you're a player, you want to play in the the elite competitions. And if you were Aaron Ramsdale and he says, right, I'm going to buy David Raya and he's going to play in Europe and you're going to play in the Premier League, there's no difference to playing in the Premier League as a team that finishes 13th every year than there is at finishing second or third or whatever it may be. Do you know what I mean? Because you're playing in the Premier League anyway. The the reward you get for playing in the Premier League and finishing second is to play in the Champions League. So then if a, a goalkeeper comes in and he's going to be the cup keeper, that's annoying for, for Ramsdale because he doesn't get to play in Europe's elite competition. So I've always thought, why don't, why don't managers... Uh, if you've got two good goalkeepers and you're happy to play them in whatever game, why don't you play your second choice or play one of them in the league game before the European game? Uh, Or at least just a league game? Because if they make a mistake in a league game, you don't cost anything. I think in a cup competition, if you make a mistake, particularly a knockout competition like the FA Cup, if they make a mistake, you might be out of the competition. So I think I've always thought, why don't you just chuck him in for a random random league game? And um, there's been instances of it in the past. I think um, I remember Aston Villa used to put, um, oh, sorry, Everton with Ancelotti he used to randomly chuck Robin Olsen in for games ahead of Pickford, and it was a bit it was a bit strange. But hmm. then he would say Pickford's back in the team next week, and it. Like, I'm not oh, sure I necessarily agree with you about it not costing them in the league because obviously they managed to get through Everton in the end, but they're already chasing a points gap between themselves and Man City and with the way that they fell short last year and whether we want to say they bottled it or not is up to people to decide individually but their aim this year is to win the Premier League it has to be or at least win something I mean and I don't think an FA Cup or Carabao Cup will cut it I think it's Premier League or European trophy for Arsenal this season to classify as success so I guess when they're already points behind Manchester City if they had 
change goalkeeper and that person had made a mistake, then that falls on Arteta, who's got more work to do in the league to make up the difference. Yeah, but I think if you make a mistake in the league and then you drop a goalkeeper, that's that's worse for for everyone. You don't, you know, you want your goalie to get confidence back. So if he makes a mistake, then the quickest way to get it back is a clean sheet the next week by not dropping him. Mm. Um, so people say, oh, it came out of the blue. This, you know, why is he why is he put Raya in? But Raya's a forty million pound goalkeeper, and as long as they both know that they're gonna play enough games. You know, one of the things we said about Raya was how's he going to keep two goalies happy? And if he if they're accepting 25 games a season each in a 50-game season, then, you know, you're okay, really. Um, but obviously, it takes a bit of getting used to because in England and, and probably around the world, you're used to having a number one goalie and a number two goalie. And I always think that number two goalie is probably the hardest thing to be um, in in football really because when you come in everyone thinks bloody hell he's not as good as the other guy he's just replaced and then if you make a mistake you're you're almost condemned as absolutely Mm. crap but there's only one spot to fight for that's what me and Joel were discussing the other day on FSD there's only one spot to fight for when you're a goalkeeper whereas if a central midfield player comes in there's two or three maybe even four spots you can play for exactly yeah Um, it's a very lonely specialist place in football I suppose but End of the day, if they're both happy, they're both happy. And Arsenal can probably say they've got the best, probably two of the mm. top 10 goalies in the league in their team. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely agree with so, that. I mean, they've got PSV tonight in the Champions League, Joel. Do you think they'll win? Yeah, they should do. Although PSV have actually surprised me ever since they got rid of Ruud van Nistelrooy, which I'm still quite unsure why that was even the case, considering how well he did for them. They've got off to a ridiculous start in the Eredivisie. Uh, four wins from four, 13 goals scored, one conceded. But I mean, it doesn't really account for much in the Champions League because the step up in quality is just a different level, isn't it? But I would expect, especially for Arsenal, the first Champions League game since Alexis Sanchez was at the club. And I don't even know who else, probably Kylian Mbappe was about 14 when they were last there. <laughs> it's a long time since they were last listening to the Champions League theme song at the Emirates. So I'm sure it'll be bouncing there and I'm sure that they'll probably get off to a pretty quick start. All right, Arsenal PSV tonight, Manchester United Bayern tonight and hopefully on tomorrow's FSD we'll be with you to discuss exactly what happens in those fixtures. The Premier League is back this weekend as well and this is the best place to keep on top of all of the latest top flight news and opinion. This is Football Social Daily, an award-winning Premier League podcast and yes, we're not going to stop saying that. (laughs) Right, hit subscribe or leave us a review if you want to get stuck into myself, Joel or Marley. Make sure you leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Um, and you can give Joel some stick and kind of compare him to Japanese army generals from the 1940s if you really want to, like one reviewer did a couple of days ago. Um, make sure you do that on your favourite podcast platform. It really helps us out and we really appreciate you listening as well. I know that there's a large bulk of you that listen to every single episode without fail and that means a lot to us. So thank you so much for your support and we'll be back with you next time on Football Social Daily. See you then. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.